So what do you wear on a Sunday morning generally? Uh, slacks, um, a button down and a tie. Oh, I'm never in a tie. Yeah. I if don't. I'm in a tie, somebody's getting married or buried. I wear a tie every now and then and everybody asks me what's going on. Oh, and mm-hmm. it's, it's almost weird. Like it's, it's, I like dressing nice occasionally, but I struggle to do it because it's too much awkward attention. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. and I used to always make the joke, but I've been here long enough that it's not funny anymore, but I'd always be like, search team's coming today. <laughs> now, but now that I've been here like five years, they're like, Ugh! I wear jeans most Sundays now. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. I, again, I, I got, wear slacks. I got my church jeans. They're darker and they fit a little tighter <laughs> than these baggy, yeah. you know. The dark wash. These jinkos that I'm wearing today. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wear slacks because... I'm more comfortable, honestly, in a good pair of slacks than a pair of jeans most of the time. It's kind of weird. But, it is weird. And I wear, you know, fishing shirt is when I'm dressing up. Sunday, like we we had baptism Sunday, so I wore uh, one of these baptism shirts. And Sunday, we're starting our family lighthouse season, so I'll wear a family lighthouse shirt. See, that's smart. You can wear a t-shirt to church if it's a church t-shirt. Yeah. So that's so what we need I to have, do is just get some... And did you see Church Easter? Did you see my Easter family picture? Was like, there an Easter t-shirt? There was, no, yeah. No, Mallory, Mallory has like, you know, one of those cricket things. She made me a shirt that says, he's alive. So I wear a t-shirt on Easter Sunday. <laughs> it's pretty epic. And we That's made funny. one for Matt and Pat too. So it was, a, it, yeah. and I even have a copy of that picture, me, Pat, and Matt and our he's alive shirts. I'm the, I'm the first pastor at our church that hasn't worn full suit on Sunday. Oof. And so it was a kind of a progressive step for our church for me not to do it. And so I was doing like a couple Sundays with a tie and then a couple Sundays without a tie. Just walked it down. Yeah. And then um, I realized that was when Cole was still working with us. And then I realized that Cole and Matt were dressing better than me on the days that I didn't wear a tie. Yeah. And so they pushed me back into a tie. Mm, the wrong way. You should push them down. I know, but... Go screw Hashtag up, leadership. What is that? I mean, come on, Derek. Uh, well... Peer pressure. Oh, wait. I accidentally revealed our guest before we started the podcast. Just bleep that out. Bleep. (laughs) Way to go. Bleep. (laughs) That's not going to sound good. We better go ahead and just get this thing started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to One Hour a Week, a 30-minute podcast about life and ministry. I'm Rusty Mott here as always with Mr. Jared Hallier. As always, I'm always here. He's always I here. Never leave. Never leaves. He, he stays in this office. You can't get rid of me. It's bad. Does anybody know how I can do that? Just pray about it. behind those ceiling tiles right over there. True story though, we found an offering envelope in our church last night at Cornerstone that is a Pecan Acres Baptist Church, Vider, Texas offering envelope. Mm-hmm. Not even sure how it got there, but I texted Jared right in the middle of his preaching probably and said, hey man, whatever you're trying to do, get these things out of here because that's not how we roll. Like, and, and for real, that's an old envelope too. I told you I don't we know. haven't used those in a couple years. So. If you're a Cornerstone member listening, and that's like two of you, uh, then let us know how that came if yeah, it happens to be if, yours. If you've been to Pecan Acres... Uh, let us know who you are. We want to find out. Of course, what did your deacon say? You showed a picture. He said it's a sign from the Lord. You guys are supposed to fill it up and send it back to us. (laughs) So get on. I don't know. We hadn't done that yet. Well, we're really excited today because it is a special episode. Some of you may have seen the picture on Twitter last week. We have a guest with us. When there's a third microphone, that's not just so Jared and I can grab it and do funny voices. It is an actual (laughs) live guest in studio. And by studio, studio, I mean our office here. 
that doubles as our studio. Wherever we go, that's where the studio's at. That's right. You know, not the party. We're like, that's the nerdy version of that phrase. Wherever we go, that's where the studio's at. <laughs> so, good times. <laughs> tried to do an air horn there and it sounded more You like forgot a to cat. grab the third microphone for that. Yeah, it did sound more like a dying cat. Like a cat in the alley. Than a party happening. Well, anyways, we are here with the one and only Derek Hicks, the pastor of First Baptist Church in Hemp Hill, Texas. How you doing, Derek? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. And I'm not really sure, like Derek is a good friend and I like hanging out with him, but I'm not really sure why we had him on. So Jared, uh, you're the one who made this booking. Is he just here to hang out? What are we going to talk about today? Beard tips. Derek has got one of the best beards in ministry. He does, man. It's always just solid. His hair PSI, that's the hair per square inch there. Uh, really dense, thick, well-groomed. You'll notice today he's got the, the short trimmed on the side, but he's getting the John Calvin point going there on the wow. on the bottom. So are you a balm guy? Are you an oil guy? Uh, I'm a little of both. Really? Yeah. <laughs> are you brand specific? Y'all are leaving oil? me in the dust. I have no experience in this. Uh, no, real talk. Derek's here because uh, he recently went on a trip to Israel. And so we're going to talk today about that trip. Here's some highlights. Are, are there any lowlights? You'll find out. Um, how how it's impacted his ministry since he's been back. I've never been to Israel. Have you been to Israel, Rusty? I have not. I've seen some pictures on Google, though. So <laughs> Pretty so, much the same thing. So we're going to talk about Israel. So let's start here. Derek, the uh, U.S. Embassy was recently moved to Jerusalem. There, no, are we not? Are we taking a different <laughs> we're not going approach? There. <laughs> Derek, do you stand with Hamas, as I accused you in our <laughs> yeah. text message? I wish you, <laughs> as you say this, I'm looking at a group thread with the three of us, and Derek, after that question, did the picture of Homer Simpson backing up into a pile of bushes and said, "This is me after Jared's last question." So I don't think I don't think he's going to give an answer That's to not that. Not a one. denial. So who did you go with? How how did you get tangled up in this trip? Uh, there is a lady who is a part of our church that's been doing trips for, I think, somewhere around 20 years. Uh, it started out with her going, and then as she went, she feels like this is kind of a ministry of hers to take people over there and to get them involved. And so uh, there's TriStar Tours out of New York City kind of set up the, the tour group. And then once we got to Israel, there was another tour group that kind of, uh, our tour company that works together to put these out. And so we got to be there 15 days, 14 days. Um, nine of those days, I believe, was in Israel. And then three of those days were in Jordan. And then, of course, you have two days of travel. So is that right? I don't know, man. Yeah, that 13, 14. So wow. this lady that puts the trip together, does she go every time? So has Just she been, about. She's been to Israel like 20 times? Yeah, she's been to Israel a lot. Do they go every year? Uh, yeah, in fact, uh, she's got two trips coming up this year. Wowzers. I wonder if it loses its luster after a while. Like after the 10th or 11th time, you're like, yeah, this is where Jesus lived, and that's, you know, the Sea of Galilee over there. And I don't know, man. So let's let's go there. This isn't a specific question. Go ahead. The same kind of idea, though. Like you're, he's talking about the luster and the awe of it. Like, did you just walk around the whole time? Like, did you have that feeling of awe and reverence? Like, this is really where it happened. This is where it went down. Uh, did you expect that? Like, what was your expectation going in? What did you think you would feel? And kind of what did you feel? There was a lot of expectation um, kind of thrust upon me going, if mm. that makes sense, because the, of the people who have been. Yeah, I could they see They were that. like, oh, it's going to it's gonna do this, it's going to do that. Your and preaching so, will never yeah, be this, that kind of um, stuff. And then it was kind of disappointing for them after I got back. <laughs> but um, They're like, did you really go to Israel? <laughs> 
Man, we had this breakfast buffet though. (laughs) That's like the first day back, his intro to his sermon. Who likes buffets? (laughs) Man, while we were over there. And so uh, going, there was this great expectation um, of how things were going to be. And there was a lot of that depending on where you were at for me. Um, some, some of the places were hard to see and imagine because um, you had to use your imagination because of the way in which um, growth has just happened in the area. It was hard to see some of those um, sites in the way that, that I wanted to see them as far as being in kind of the natural look to them. Yeah. Um, but uh, there were other places, though, that were very um, awe-inspiring inspiring, and just um, kind of humbling to know that you were in a place that Jesus did ministry and had walked. And, and, you know, and so those places really were um, very neat and very um, impactful for my life. So while you're there, let's let's kind of go with our first question. What was your favorite site? And and let's give him liberty to if you maybe a couple because that's probably hard to pin down. But if you have a favorite one that stood out, but maybe like a couple of your favorite experiences, favorite sites that you got to visit. Uh, two favorite sites. Um, neither were in Jerusalem actually. Um, they were both around um, the Sea of Galilee. And so the first place was actually the Sea of Galilee. When we got there, we got to get onto. Um, a boat and go out into the sea and kind of see and be on the water as uh, Jesus and the disciples were. And while we were out there, we had a um, a small service, kind of like a devotion type deal. And so that was very impactful uh, because the, the water was like glass. There was no wind or anything. And so it was just really mm. smooth. And the guy that did the devotion with us talked about um, Jesus rebuking the wind and how it went from this raging storm to to calmness. And so when he when he said that and you kind of looked out across the water, man, it kind of gave you goosebumps in the sense of knowing that it went from crazy wild to nothing, you know. And so um, I've never been on the Sea of Galilee with a storm, but I've been on Rayburn in Toledo <laughs> yeah, when, when wind has come, you know, and, and so there's been like really choppy water. And there was a couple of times when Randy and I, my brother-in-law were in a boat. Randy, shout <laughs> out. If you listen uh, to this one, just cause your brother-in-law's on it. Cause you never normally listen. Hey Randy. I'm not <laughs> jealous or bitter or anything. But we would been out there on it and there was some, like there was a time um, it was very kind of iffy coming back across the large body of the water because the storm had come up and the wind was blowing and it was pretty rocky in a bass boat. And so to think about that experience and then coming back to know that through Jesus' words, it went from something to nothing was was um, was pretty neat. That's and amazing. So, the other site was Capernaum. And uh, we got to see a lot of the uh, city ruins that were there that they've excavated. And it was just really neat to kind of see a town. Um, and that was kind of what I thought a lot of the trip was going to be like or be like, but only about a third of it was kind of that way. The rest of it was all like built up and modern. and <clears throat> Well, yeah, parts of it were, but it wasn't in the, I guess, in the bear, like I was thinking it would be in the sense of being excavated ruins oh. and things of that nature. Uh, and so to be able to see the actual city and the market area where they believe Jesus called the disciples and things of that nature uh, was really, really neat to know that this was a place that Jesus was in and out of. And 
That's crazy. So, you were showing us pictures earlier. Obviously, we can't show them on a podcast. True story. Derek brought a PowerPoint presentation with <laughs> Guys, him. Guys, you can never be too prepared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was cool. I'm glad he did, but we were laughing. You were showing some pictures that, so like, like one of them you said was a church built around what they believe was Mary's house when she uh, received the message from the angel. So I, I, I think when you go in with an expectation of, oh, like this is the Holy Land, this is where Jesus and his disciples walked and did ministry and healings happen and miracles happen, and then you get there and it's like tourist trap kind of set up. Like, is there a, uh, I don't know, a, a disconnect in your mind there or kind of in your emotions? Were you disappointed by that? Was it hard to reconcile? Like, this is the holiest of places on our planet and they've got a you know, concession stand and a souvenir shop right next to it. Yeah, there was some disappointment, but at the same time, I understand. Yeah, like you get it. I get what they're doing because they, they're trying to make a living. And, and so I understand that because we do that over here. Not that we have holy sites, but we have um, places that, are, that mean a lot to America and people are doing about the same thing. Yeah. And so I, I get it in that sense. But there were, there were times that, that I just thought, man, this would look a lot better if it wasn't inside the worship area of a church. <laughs> you know, um, specifically talking about Mary's house because it was built or it, there was a church, a Catholic church, that built completely around it. It encompassed it. And so next to the uh, the tables and things where the Catholic priests come in and do their thing, I don't really know exactly. Yeah, I was, I was wondering Catholic. if you knew well, that. They do. You know, they do that stuff, Yeah, that Catholic stuff. Um, and so right, Latin. Right, <laughs> right next to it, um, within like six to eight feet, was the, the the where they believe Mary's home was. Wow! And so it was very close quartered there inside this beautiful auditorium, but still it was kind of weird because here's something that's first century connected to something that was built in like the eighties or the seventies. <laughs> yeah, you're like you this know? is this is where the angel appeared to Mary, but does anybody know their Wi-Fi password? <laughs> right. <laughs> and so that that was kind of weird. Um, but, you know, back to what I said at the beginning, I kind of get it. Too. Yeah. Because otherwise they wouldn't, those sites wouldn't be there without the churches that oh, yeah, like protected protect, them yeah. and built around them. So other than the, the spiritual aspect of it, just kind of culturally, was there anything odd or, or weird that happened or that you guys experienced while you were there? No? All right. Well, there were, some, <laughs> there were some things that were weird that happened, but it was more of the tour group that I was with. <laughs> more, Not because of the culture. Yeah. Oh, so that's the, great. The cultural group. Uh, because there Sounds were, like our trip to Indiana was the <laughs> same, same kind of thing, right? Uh, our tour group, we had um, 40, I think, people mm-hmm. in our tour group. And so from like five or six different states. And so I knew a gentleman from our church that came with us. Uh, of course, Anne, who put on the the tour, uh, Bo Owens and his new wife were with us. Uh, Bo and Anne do a lot of the tour stuff together. They're both kind of the leaders of the tour. And then Kim Dubose from the area office, who's a member of our church. Well, no wonder that was so weird on that trip, Miss <laughs> Kim. Than, <laughs> other than that, I, I didn't know any of the people that I was there with. Yeah, that and could so, be kind of odd. And so there were just some things trying to fill out each other and try to figure out who and characteristics of personality. <laughs> yeah, because you're with them for two weeks. Yeah. One more so. kind of random question about the trip, and then we'll kind of pivot to talking about how it's affected your ministry in a practical way. Uh, and I know you some blessings that made that trip possible for you, but just ballpark, what does it cost just to average Joe to try to go to Israel on one of these types of trips? For this trip that I, I went on, if you did the whole trip, 
because with, with our grouping, there were two trips basically within that same grouping. Some of the, some of the people didn't get in early enough to get the Jordan part of the trip, and so they went home early. Okay. And so if you did the 14 days like I was able to do uh, with everything, this is um, flights, money for food, money for um, insurance, and all, all of it, all-inclusive type of a setup is about 5200 Yeah. Now, if you are a pastor with the grouping that, we're, that w- I got to go with, if you get 10 people under you, that say, hey, I got this person to go, I got this person to go, your trip costs cut to almost like a third. So there's a pyramid scheme option. Of sorts, yeah. All right. <laughs> of sorts. <laughs> She's like, so, if those 10 people ish. get 10 people to go. And so now I think after that first move, team, that's it. You get to move to Jerusalem. So it you is shaped a like a, it's ambassador. a lot of little pyramids. <laughs> and so, uh, but within that, I, I started out trying to do that, and so I'll, I'll give Miss Ann some some credit here. Uh, I, I'm just not the person, the type of person that's going to go and try to sell people to go, yeah. so yeah. that I can get a cheaper price. Yeah. Hey, I need you to pay fifty two hundred so I can go for two grand. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, and then I feel bad about not telling them that because that's not really a good selling point either. Yeah. But uh, I, so I went and told Miss Ann, I was like, "Listen, I'd love to go. I just can't. I just don't think I can." Recruit other people. Yeah, I just don't think I can make that possible. And financially, it's not possible for me to just turn loose of that type of money. And so um, she came back about a week or two later and said, I got up and I'd been praying about it over several days, and I feel like I'm supposed to make this work for you. And so through some, some way of her talking with people within my church and different things, they made that trip possible It's incredible. And what so, a blessing. Um, I only had to end up paying about a thousand bucks to get to go and do that. Give her a plug. Um, what was the company again? The, the tour uh, group? TriStar Tri Tours is the group that <clears throat> she works with. And so um, I think the area office has flyers. And if anybody wants to know how to get a part of that, I, I can get you information. That's for good. Sure. Yeah, I forgot the Sabine Natchez Baptist area office can get you in touch uh, with that so snb area.org for contact information there well let's kind of pivot to the practical side of things um i have heard just like you people have tried to sell me not not sell me on going like we're talking about but like have tried to be like man you gotta go you gotta go it'll change so many things and um and i know it probably has in some way you know uh, we were joking about it earlier but how has this trip and how has that experience affected your preaching, teaching, and just kind of your overall ministry? I think it's really impacted my teaching. Uh, in when we deal with the areas that we got to see, because as I teach it and as I prepare for it, like a lot of what's going on in my head, and you know, when you think about things, is being at those sites. Mm-hmm. And so that's pretty neat to, to think about because you now have an understanding a little bit better. Now, of course, it's probably, it probably doesn't look exactly the same now as it did back then, you know. But to, to well, for instance, the Sunday that I came back, um, my sermon dealt with Jesus calming the storm on the Sea of Galilee. And it was hard not to be more passionate about what you were preaching and teaching as you're seeing it unfold in your head from yeah, you being in the boat, yeah. you know, and, and understanding how because of the 
the mountains and the hills that surround the Sea of Galilee, you can see kind of the tunnel to where they say wind rolls off the mountains and into the, the water area, and it causes storms really quick. And so now that I've seen that, you know, and seen kind of the landscape, you can understand how storms can happen really quickly and how, you know, you get out in the middle of it and you're far from land and, and it would be tough to get back or even to lose um, sight of the land because the day that we were out there, it was kind of hazy. And so by the time we got out toward the middle, even the, the, um, the shoreline was kind of hazy. And so you could see how you could lose sight of what was going on and be, be pretty fearful because of what was happening around you. So, but that, in that, it really kind of helped me um, gain a new perspective and passion, like when I'm teaching those, those places. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Yeah, and not just, I mean, that story, but, but too, I think about, you know, when it says, Mark especially is, is so fast-paced, and it says he was in this place, and then suddenly he went to this place, and well, if you've been there, you know, well, he wasn't suddenly there. Like, it'll take you a few days. Yeah. Just and the distances they traveled. You're right. And at the same time, you understand that things are a lot closer than you would think as well. Uh, because Israel's a small place. You don't really understand how small it is until you've kind of, you know, we went in about a four-hour drive. We went from kind of the southern point to the northern part of, of Israel. And so there is some of that, but also the, at the same time, being able to kind of get a, um, a geographic understanding of where he was at here on on the Sea of Galilee and then a short boat ride across it, and then he can be at this place. And so it, it kind of brings some of it together to where you understand it's not quite as far because I always think about, you know, everybody getting in their caravans and traveling for miles and days yeah. and days when some of that stuff about a half a day, and, and they would have been there. Hmm. You know? So, so kind of quick bullet point list. What are what places did y'all see that we would recognize from okay. the stories we've heard all our life? And so, Tiberius, which is where we stayed, and it's mentioned several times. Um, and then the Sea of Galilee. Uh, we went up to the Mount of Beatitudes. Um, from there, we went to Nazareth. Oh, we went up to Caesarea Philippi, where Jesus says, um, where the gates of hell will not prevail, mm -hmm. you know, to Peter. And so the cool thing about that is there was a pagan ritual spot that they believed were the gates into hell. Hmm. And oh. so as he's teaching or as he says that to Peter, that would be in view from it's where. Like right there. Yeah. Huh. And so, uh, which is neat, it's kind of one of the head waters of the Jordan River comes out of that area. And so... That Mount Hermon, which is in Caesarea Philippi as well, is the Mount of Transfiguration mm -hmm. where they believe that happened. So that was there. We got to see that part of it. Um, coming down from that um, into Nazareth and some of the things there, we got to go to Bethlehem and see where they think was possibly the area that the angels came to the shepherds because they found one of the... Feathers from the angels' wings. <laughs> yes, <laughs> stuck in a tree. No, um, they they found oh, a a cave that would have been pretty close to what they believed. And so, um, let me talk about this for a second. Yeah. Our 
tour guide gave us like a, a numbering system on the places that we went. There were A sites, which they had factual knowledge that happened. B sites, where they believed that it was the, the general area. It may not be exactly where we were standing, but it definitely happened within the area. And then there were C sites that was basically tradition only. And so they believed in Bethlehem, like where the shepherds in that cave area was kind of like a bee. They knew it was in that yeah. general area, but this was something that would have been very similar to what shepherds used. Hmm. And so we got to see that. Got to go up and see, um, uh, is it the Mount of Mount Precipice, where they took Jesus up and we were going to throw him off the cliff? Yeah. And then he walked through the time because he knew it wasn't his time. Wow. So got to see that. That was pretty amazing. <laughs> Um, a place called Masada, which, you know, Masada is not necessarily talked about in Scripture, but a lot of people know a lot about Masada. Um, so got to do that. Uh, the Dead Sea, got to float around in the Dead Sea, which is pretty crazy. Sit down in the water like a chair, it just holds you. <laughs> just holds you there. You just kind of bob wow. around like a cork. It's kind of weird, but neat all at the same time. So we got to see those types of places. Uh, we got to go into Jerusalem and um, walk around the old city. Get to, got to see a lot of the gates that are mentioned in Scripture. Uh, got to uh, go down the Via Della Rosa. That's where they have like the stations mm-hmm. where Jesus right. like, stumbled and fell here and that right. kind of stuff. Right, right. Yeah, those are kind of sea things. Those are sea, though. Yeah, they, yeah. they don't really have a, a true knowledge, but this is what is believed. Right. We did get to go down, I can't remember the name of the place, but we got to go down in one of the buildings, and underneath they found actual um, like Roman time period stones in the, in the way in which they had the grooves cut in from, from um, wagon tracks and things of that nature. And so in that area, they found a, um, a game, like a board game that had been cut into the stones, there and they believe that it's the same type of game that the Romans played with with Jesus's garments. Oh, they were casting wow. lots for that huh. because they said the Romans um, love to to make fun and tear down people. That's kind mm-hmm. of a sport for them. And so this game was built in the sense of they would, however, they would play it to basically take the clothes from someone or, or wow. make them look weird and dress them up. And so it's the same type of game. And so it was actually cut into the stone there. Now, granted, we don't know if it was the one that they used or not, but it was one yeah. like it. Yeah. Uh, so we got to do that. We got to see um, Caiaphas's house area and go down in it and see the possible pit that maybe held Jesus mm. the night um, that after he saw Caiaphas, he, he was held there for that night and then trans- transported. Um, got to see the courtyard where um, the denial happened, and you can look from there and see where they believe to be um, the potter's field that was bought with the uh, 30 pieces of silver and Gehenna, and so areas like that. So there was a lot of really neat things to get to And I feel like see. you'll never read those passages of Scripture the same way. Right. I mean, so maybe that's what these people mean when they're like, oh, it'll change your life forever. Like in that sense, it kind of does, because you'll never read about Peter's denial. You'll never read the crucifixion story without your mind picture those places right. again. Well, and even in Scripture, when it talks about being down in the pit to, to see yeah. the, the jail, like the pit area in this dungeon. And so what it was was basically basically a 
probably about a three, four foot round hole in the top mm-hmm. that was carved out. And then they basically carved out a cave under there and they would drop you. They would lower you in with a rope and that's where you would be. And so that was called the pit. And so they mm-hmm. lowered you down in there in this darkness, in this area to where there's really no escape. Cause how are you going to get out of a slick sided stone, um, hole? So as a friend and fellow pastor, do Rusty and I need to start saving our money and go? I would say absolutely. I think everybody needs to go at least once. Yeah. Wow. A strong recommendation, man. No hesitation at all. So if you're thinking about it, start saving some money. And the one hour a week Israel tour. Yeah, the GoFundMe page will be live this week. (laughs) If we get 10 listeners to go, uh, we'll have a special pizza party for you. (laughs) I think Derek gets to go for free. (laughs) Well, Derek, thank you so much for hanging out with us and giving us just really some really cool information. You can you can hear the passion in your voice, like you said, just about how cool this experience was and definitely give our listeners something to think about. Are you going to go back? It's doable. You want to go back? I'd like to go back with Lauren at some point in time. I got to go by myself. Yeah. Um, I got to go. I had to go. No, nope, I get too to late. go. You recorded it. I got <laughs> to go by myself yeah. the first time. All right. So, no but I think it's really good if you do ever go is to go with somebody that, that you're close with, that you can share yeah. those yeah. things with, if that makes sense. Um, I went and, and stayed two weeks with a gentleman from our church who's a great guy, but we, we were roomies for two weeks together. And so that's a great way to get to know your church members. There you go. <laughs> he came back saying the same thing. Yeah. Probably, <laughs> probably so. I know things about our pastor that I probably will never so. share. Well, Derek, we like to do this on the One Hour Week podcast. As our special guest, you get to be the one who ends this episode by saying a very popular catchphrase. Throw up your hands. <laughs> okay, uh, that was not the right one. Do you want to try again? Uh, it involves dropping a device that's in your hand. My keys? This is getting very confusing. Just drop the mic. <laughs> He's never listened. <laughs> Throw up your hands.